Hi everyone, it's Zoe from Muse Studio, and I'm excited to welcome you to a new episode of Podcast on Podcasting. Our CEO, Jen Gregono, is co-hosting with me today. Hi, Jen. Hello, Zoe. Thanks for having me on today. Yes, well, to recap for our listeners here, uh, Podcast on Podcasting is about bringing you the leaders and experts making a real impact in enterprise podcasting. So whether you're new to podcast or as experienced as can be, we hope you find a little bit of inspiration uh, from their stories. With us today is Stacy Porter, the Vice President of People Operations and Strategy at Outset Medical, which has pioneered a first-of-its-kind technology for reducing the complexity and cost of dialysis. Stacy not only produces podcast content, she helps direct the overall strategy for culture building at Outset. Recently, Stacy's team launched a new show called Off the Air, which is all about getting to know the humans behind the company's leaders and employees, something we've certainly missed in this last year. So welcome, Stacy. Let's go ahead and start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Outset Medical. Oh, excellent. Okay, Zoe and Jen, thank you so much for letting me be with you two today. I'm, I'm thrilled. And just so you know, I am representing a phenomenal people ops team and learning group. Um, so I, I'm one voice, but there is definitely a, a think tank behind me in this work. So Zoe, you had asked a little bit about what we do uh, at Outset. And, you know, one of the, the kind of privileges and responsibilities of this job is how do you create a culture that's like a product, right? It's like a product that you are um, selling in a way, uh, you're selling a promise of an experience. And that experience is to, to do something meaningful. Um, it's to work with great people. And it is to collaborate in a way where you grow and develop and you become viable for as long as you want to be in the marketplace. And, and that's what we're doing at Outset. And you know, our, our mission is one that we are fanatic about. I mean, like zealots, we really want to create a new positive movement in healthcare in dialysis. And the team here is, is pretty incredible. I mean, they are, um, they've got like this tradescraft of skills and yet they still love to collaborate and they know how to drive results and they have a vision at every level for what they can contribute at outset. So it is um, incredibly fun. Yeah. And so how does, how does podcasting fit into there? Um, how do you, <laughs> how are you guys using podcasting at outset? Well, I laugh a little bit, Zoe, because um, <laughs> you know what attention spans are like these days, right? I mean, they are yes. short, man. Um, so I think the way that podcasting has helped us is to give our learners and, you know, outset is such a nice mix of kind of masters and students. And sometimes you're a master and the next meeting you're a student, um, the ability to learn kind of on their own time and to learn in bite sizes and really be able to, um, you know, kind of learn a, a complex concept in small bites. And so I think that's what podcasting has done for us. The, the other thing I would say is it has created, um, peer learning in a way that's just incredible. We have, you know, a show that's about clinical aspects of our business. We have a show that's about digital aspects of our business. We've got Bold Beginnings, which Trang Lee created on my team, and it's all about the integration experience at, at Outset. So we have aspiring podcasters and we have aspiring learners, and we just were able to put them together with Studio. Well, I'm, I'm so curious about the value of voice and audio. 
and the difference between what we would consider sort of traditional read-write channels versus listen-watch channels, which yes. of course is, is what podcasting is all about. And uh, I'm, I'm just curious how you evaluated that and think about that. Well, and Jen, you know, I love that you asked that question because I often, um, you know, will sit with my parents. In fact, they were just visiting and they will reflect back in time about early moments in childhood where you would just kind of crowd around a radio program and really listen. And I think one of the things that we've learned with podcasting is listening is transcending in a way. It is you create the visuals and you listen and you kind of just are able to escape a bit. And I think in the Zoom world where we're exhausted about being on video, um, it's really transporting to be able to be in an audio environment. And, and you know, I think being able to produce the vision and the visuals yourself is, is you know, the spirit of the imagination. And I'm nodding vigorously for those who can't see me, <laughs> which is everyone. I, it's, um, it's so true. I think the tone of voice, the, the meaning, the emotion that you can impart in uh, an audio channel like this can be very valuable when someone is trying to retain, hear a message. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I love to hear you say that um, in the old days of radio, we had that advantage and we sort of lost it a bit, didn't we, um, in the YouTube world, if you will. So um, it's exciting to see the role of voice start to play a big role in business. And, yes. and I think actually that's, you know, switching gears a little bit. Zoe and I were talking about how... Um, connecting people is so critical and, and keeping people aligned is so important to building that culture. But we don't just build culture and, and make alignment uh, a priority for altruistic reasons. Mm -hmm. We do it because the companies that do that perform higher. I know the recent Gallup poll talked about um, companies that have higher employee engagement realize 18% more productivity. 23% more profitability, 81% lower employee absenteeism, and the list goes on. So curious about how you think about the, you know, connecting uh, your culture mission with the bottom line. Oh, Jen, that is such a good question. And I agree with the metrics that you were just sharing about profitability, productivity. I think at the end of the day, if you are building a place where you ask people to do really hard jobs you have to flow them information. And one of the things that you'll often find when a company, which is small, becomes a company that is big, is employees will say, I'm an outsider looking in. I just don't get the same level of information. And that is a first signal to feel like, hey, maybe I don't belong like I used to, or maybe I'm not as valuable as I used to. So I think with us at Outset, we have a couple of just really deep, culture principles. And one of them is the, the really robust flow of information, because that actually leads to aut autonomy. If you don't have FOMO about not being in a meeting, but you have kind of the joy of missing out because you know there's going to be good notes or there's going to be a really good dialogue that you can access later, you move on to something more consequential. And I think the, the other thing for us at Outset, one of the tenants is this sense of equivalency. Nobody is above you and nobody is beneath you. You are here to do a hard job and you have colleagues along the way that help and support and kind of rally around you and advocate. 
but every job matters. And we don't have any jobs that are kind of floater or utility jobs. The, the jobs on our org chart are here for a reason. And then I think the last principle that we really think about is decentralized decision-making and how do you create an environment where somebody closest to the issue makes the call. And, and Jen, you had asked about the power of word and voice and language. And I think one of the things you find in organization is if you start to accept language, language becomes ritual, ritual becomes culture. And, and that's really how we see it at outset. We see values kind of starting the, the conversation. We put language around it. That becomes the way that we work at outset. And that becomes how our culture is defined. Yeah, I think that's a great segue into this show that you guys have have produced this off the air show. So I would love if we if we switched gears and talked about that, and um, maybe you explained where you got the idea and and how it started. Yeah, Zoe, I love that you asked about it because it it actually had kind of an interesting beginning. So um, for for the the listeners here, we started a show called Off the Air. And part of starting this show was because we had the opportunity to bring on a couple of board members. And because we were bringing on some board members, one of the things we wanted to do was to create a really robust onboarding program for them. So be able to say, hey, here's some information about our company. Here's some information about our culture. Here's some information about the leaders who are leading significant teams within the organization. So off the air became this almost like kind of fun version of an interview that was less about work and role and a little bit more about soul and who somebody was kind of in their career journey, in their role at outset, but also just as an individual um, in this in this industry. And it became very fun. And what was nice is we've now extended it because our employees listen to it and they love the show. We've extended it. We as soon as we have, um, you know, one of our shows or one of our episodes done, we'll say, okay, who is the next person we should talk to? So now it has this like contagion effect where we keep talking to our team members. And I think what you find out is what a diverse, vibrant, strength-based organization we have. I mean, our people are fascinating. Is it hard to get people to open up like that, um, especially at the beginning when this show was first launching? I think some of us might be a little scared to to spill some personal information to employees that, or coworkers they maybe haven't met before, um, especially now that we're all remote, not in the same physical space. But um, was that challenging at all? Or how do you guys work through that? Actually, Zoe, it was. And I think, so this, so this is where Leslie Trigg, our CEO, was just phenomenal. I, I came up with kind of a first grouping of questions and... <laughs> you have to know I have a psychology background. So they were probing and they were maybe <laughs> even dissecting a little bit. And Barbara they were kind of, exactly <laughs> regressing you to like childhood. And she was like, Stace, I think these are a little bit intense. Let's do a second pass. Um, and then the second pass, really, we, we just, we just got to questions that allowed people to open up about things they know. What was their first concert? What was their first paying job? What's the best career advice they ever got? You know, what do they love about being at outset? Um, and these are really fun questions for people to be able to articulate on. And I think, I mean, this is where voice, it makes all the difference, right? Because 
reading interview questions like that and, and answers is one thing, but hearing the person talk with excitement in their voice about their first concert or um, where they grew up or some childhood memory or whatever the, the context is or the conversation is about, that, that value of hearing that tone of voice and the meaning, I just think it's huge. I mean, and just in terms of the role it can play in driving that connectedness that, that is so important to your organization. And, and ultimately the alignment, right? To feel like you know the person who may live many, many miles away, doesn't work in the same office as you, you know, maybe in this day and age is even a permanently remote employee, but to feel like they're sort of right next to you. Yeah. And um, at least in spirit, the soul piece. You nailed it. And I think that what, what I love, there's this TED talk I love, and it's by um, a former CEO, Margaret Heffernan, and she she's a prolific writer, but she was also an executive for a long time. And she says that there's social capital in companies that is not about the individuals, but it's the mortar between bricks. And I think what this show does is it gives you all of these little nuggets that you can say, my goodness, our general counsel and I have exactly the same taste in music. We both like grunge rock or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so it gives you all these entry points for conversation and conversation creates intimacy and intimacy creates trust and then trust creates performance. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love that. The mortar um, analogy. Uh, Slack does that a little bit. I think, you know, we've got a cooking channel and to, to see that, oh, these three engineers actually really like to cook. Who knew? Um, so we enjoy a lot of that as well. But, uh, but there is, especially in the last year, there has been um, such a nice uh, uh, advantage we get from hearing voices. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just, I, I love that you guys did a show that actually just highlights that, that mortar you know, between folks. Uh, so what would you have about, uh, what, what advice and feedback would you give to other organizations, whether it's an internal comms team or a culture strategy team, like the one you lead, what advice would you give them if they're considering starting a podcast? And, and feel free, by the way, to talk about the warts, because I know it doesn't, it didn't always start off perfect and easy, I suspect, but I'm curious to hear sort of your experience to date and what advice you'd give. Oh, Jen, I love that question because my advice is probably super counterintuitive, which is just let go of perfection and start making something. And and I'll give you a great example. We have this show, one of our um, shows in you studios called 52 Weeks. And 52 Weeks is a leadership podcast and the episodes are like three to five minutes long and they're a leadership tool or it's a... Um, kind of a, a leadership, just knowledge bite about how to be great people managers. And, you know, the the concept is like each week, a tiny bite that kind of creates this experience base from which to build high-performing teams. Well, we got into it and we started with perfect lighting and we started with perfect, you know, kind of like an equalizer and all these audio tools And we realized we didn't need it. You know, we just needed to keep the momentum. I mean, it's called 52 weeks, so they expect 52 episodes. So I think my advice would be don't overthink it. Let go of perfection. Um, A show may evolve. You might start with kind of a template of questions that by episode 12 you want to shake up. Do it. And and just let go of kind of the the over planning and get into the, the creation. The doing. Oh, I love to hear that. 
um, because I think so often when we're starting something new, there's just this huge wave of fear, right? People are going to hear this program or this show and I'm going to look bad or, um, yeah, you know, what if it doesn't come out the way it's intended or the CEO hears my voice and doesn't like the show we put out? There's something personal, I think, about recording podcasts, which makes the, the sort of, you know, objective program evaluation feel um, a little bit more distant than perhaps a PowerPoint presentation, right? So yeah. it feels intimate. And so the, what comes with that, of course, is great excitement and opportunity, but a lot of fear for a lot of folks. And change is, uh, is challenging, I think, in any organization. But the advice of just get started, mm -hmm. just get going, you know, iterate. It, frankly, it's what engineers do, right? We've heard about agile development for years and um, and trying to adopt that mentality, I think, in, in the communications realm and, and learning and development and training, I think, is so important. Well, so, and thank you know, you. I, I think you guys at U-Studio have created such a great platform for the evolution of thought and the evolution of voice. And I think when you're starting a, a podcast or a new show, you do want to see that the questions get better, that the interviewer gets more concise, that the mojo between two different individuals, if they're kind of hosting it together, gets even more kind of funny and easygoing and they don't interrupt each other, that evolution is actually charming. And so, yeah. uh, so I think going back to the advice of just start making something, yeah. I, for me, that really feels very true just because well, thank you. you want to see evolution. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I think it's true. And um, I mean, we, we feel it on this show. Right. Zoe and I talk all the time about well, how do we change it up? You know, how do we how do we make it feel more authentic and more normal and more familiar? And um, and I think it's uh, you're absolutely right. It's just that iteration and that continued improvement. Um, you know, we always say our customers are innovating faster than we ever possibly could. Um, we have customers that started with zero podcasts. And I'm thinking of one company. I won't mention them, but. The guy who ran the program said he'd never even listened to a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so he spent all weekend listening to NPR podcasts and a couple of others. And he grabbed the format from one and the, you know, the music, the way they cut the music in from another. And this company now has 27 shows. And the CEO got involved. You know, it's a 25,000 person company, global. The CEO listened to a couple of podcasts and said, well, I want to have my own podcast. And so it just absolutely grew from there. And and I think the lesson for them, for you know, is the advice you gave. Um, it's just, it's, it's so remarkably true. If you just get started with something that is virtuous and designed to um, allow you to communicate better, more intimately, more, more personally, you will over time get better and better at it. So, um, so thank you for sharing that and and for the kind words about our platform. You got it. And Jen and Zoe, thank you so much for having me today. It is a joy. We will continue to create content and shows. And, you know, I, I love that our employees are getting involved, that they're not only consumers, but they're creators of content as well. That's been probably the biggest delight. Well, we can't wait to watch and see what comes next. Yes. Thank you so much, Stacey. 
Um, as always, I'd also like to thank our great audience. Um, we'll continue to bring you the thought leaders and season two studio customers like Stacy doing great things in the world of enterprise podcasting. Any links and show notes can always be found in the episode description, um, including a link to uh, Stacy's LinkedIn. As always, you can visit our website at ustudio.com to learn more about how Ustudio can help just get you started. Until next time, happy podcasting. Thank you.